You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church, and while you're there, download our free mobile app. We've got a digital Bible so you can follow along every day. We've got all of our teachings in a great online community. If you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on those notifications. We don't want you to miss anything as we continue with our daily study. I hope you are all having a great day whenever you are listening. We had a couple days off for the Christmas break, and uh, yesterday we jumped on for a few minutes, and and uh, we didn't continue with Matthew, but we went through an awesome scripture of uh, uh, <clears throat> out of First uh, Corinthians two nine, uh, and that's just something that we did uh, a quick little study. But I'm excited to get back into the Gospel of Matthew. I will say that I almost had a treat for you those on the live stream this morning, uh, because uh, I almost caught on my cameras a spill that I took in in front of my house. I literally broke the uh, front bush with my, uh, basically with my face, just right about here, right my face. Um, I was, it's raining like crazy here on Long Island, and I'm trying to run back and forth from my car, and uh, took a slip, and I just went, bam, right into right into that front uh that front bush and it was really funny and I was really excited to uh <laughs> get that on my cameras but I renewed my card recently and apparently ring I never updated my payment information and my ring camera uh only goes live so I couldn't get it for you but it would have it would have been made me TikTok famous I'll tell you that much but uh anyway I digress all right we're in Matthew chapter 20 this morning, and uh, we we ended uh, last week with uh, just Jesus kind of pausing and reminding them that they are going to witness him being arrested, him being crucified, him resurrecting, right? And Jesus kind of pauses with that, and we get the sense that they still don't really understand a whole lot. Right, and we're getting right to the end here. I mean, w- when we kick off in the next few days, we are right in Matthew chapter twenty-one, which kicks off with the triumphal entry. You know what we usually, you know, talk about on uh, you know the Palm Sunday time uh, of year. Uh, that is that is that's where we are. Them going to Jerusalem for this kind of final stretch, and it, it's you would think traveling with Jesus about three years now, they would get it a little more. It's funny. We're going to read about a mom who makes probably the most mom-like request you can imagine, uh, something that we would probably do for our kids as well. And it kicks off another teaching from Jesus, again, another teaching on what it means to actually be great in the kingdom of God. If you remember, go back to Matthew chapter 18, they're arguing over who's the greatest, Jesus goes through uh, parables and he, you know, points to children and say, you know, unless you're like one of these, you're not going to be able to see the kingdom of God. He's trying to get them to get out of the mindset that greatness is best observed by those who have physical uh, 
rewards, whether it be money, whether it be properties, whether it be the admiration of other people. Jesus is trying to get them out of that mindset. And we still struggle with that mindset today, right? What do we do? We we check the fruit of other people, but not not the real fruit, not love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. We look and, and you know, people, I, I think about the the show MTV Cribs back in the day, right? Where they would go into these celebrities' homes and and just these beautiful, lavish homes, and and uh, that's not indicative of what it means to have you know real uh, wealth, real uh, blessings in your life, right? Because we see plenty of people that have a lot of material stuff, but they they don't have peace in their life, they don't have joy in their life. And I'm not saying you can't have one without the other, but if if life is just about those things, what happens is is you get disappointed because life's about the temporary things of this world. So let's read about what this mother asks. Again, Jesus pauses. He just gets done telling them how he's going to suffer and and die for them and raise for them. And here comes the mother of James and John asking a very interesting question. Then the mother of the Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down and asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at the left in your kingdom. So this is a bold mom move, right? You know, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's bring the boys. Come on, boys. We're going to go talk to Jesus. And I just get I just imagine the mom, mom asking here, and we see in Matthew chapter twenty seven later that the mom was actually uh, hanging with them the whole time. She's part of the the crowds that followed Jesus. And I just wonder if James and John were more like, "Mom, you're embarrassing us," or they were like, "Yeah, mom, you, you, maybe you ask them." Like I just I would love to hear the backstory about kind of how this uh, how this came about. I, it, I imagine it's like a, a mom going like, hey, coach, I think my son should play more, right? If you see those type of parents, maybe you are that type of parent. Uh, anyway, so they ask, she asks Jesus, grant one of these two sons of mine to sit at your right hand and the other to left in your kingdom. And Jesus said to them, verse 22, you do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. So, all right, maybe this answers our question there as to as to whether it was of their own doing. They jump right in and say, we can. We can, we can do it, Jesus. We can drink the cup that you drink. They have no idea. They have no idea. Now, they would drink of the cup. And what, what's the cup? The cup represents um, what is your portion. Your cup sometimes represents the judgment. Um, the cup that Jesus would drink would be almost like a baptism of suffering, right? Jesus would have to suffer, get arrested, die, and raise. And if you look at the history of James and John, they both go somewhat different routes here. James would be martyred pretty early, and John would hang on for a very long time, actually probably lived the longest among all of the disciples. Uh, and, um, Many believe that he wrote the book of Revelation, and if you know anything about it, if that was the John uh, of uh, of Revelation, 
then uh, it is a tradition that he was boiled in oil and sent to Patmos. So they were not without the type of suffering. But at the time here, they don't know what they're asking. They want, they, they want the status, but they don't really understand the sacrifice. And that's part of the flawed human condition as well, right? We always want the position. We always want the status. We always want the reward. But we seldom want to, to do what it takes. And Jesus is saying, you don't know what you're asking here. Will you drink the cup? And they jump in and they say, we can, absolutely. Which was maybe a little bit pre uh, premature. And Jesus continues then. He says, you will indeed drink from my cup. We just talked about that, how they would also have to suffer. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared by my father. So we see a very interesting dynamic here that the earthly Jesus yields all decisions like that to the father. And the Trinity is something that really, it, it, I mean, we're not going to be able to get into it here, but the Trinity is something that's hard for us to really wrap our head around, right? The father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, how that, that dynamic there. How is Jesus both man and God at the same time? Well, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. See, Jesus in his earthly state was one where he takes a subservient role to the Father. Remember, Jesus would go and pray every day. And by the way, James, John, you know, these guys would be sleeping in the Garden of Gethsemane while Jesus was praying, right? They were not at this time ready to do what it took. And why did Jesus have to pray, right? Jesus had to pray because he was every bit man and every bit God. But that fleshly part of him desperately needed the connection to the Father. So I ask you this, if Jesus needs that connection through prayer, what about me and you? Safe to say that that is something that you and I, as we look into this next year, probably should focus on, right? A better prayer life, better communication with the Father. So Jesus, in his earthly role, and by the way, he didn't just become a human, but he let all the other humans spit on him. He did nothing but lay out himself and as we'll get into a second, in a second, he'll show, he'll describe what it means to be great. But all Jesus did was pour himself out for everybody. And what did humanity do to him? Humiliated him, betrayed him, spit on him, beat him, crucified him. Right? So in this form, as he sits at the right hand of the Father, right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word became flesh. When he is in his heavenly status, he is the Alpha. But he allowed himself to become the Omega, to become lower than you and I probably will, you, not probably, you and I will ever have to go. And he did it out of love. Let's continue reading. And then we'll wrap it up here. So he yields to the Father, and he said, these places are, 
belong to those whom they have been prepared for by my father. But of course, the other disciples, who still didn't quite get it, when the other 10 heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentile lord it over them, and their officials exercise authority over them, not with you. Again, they jump up in jealousy, you know, probably wondering whether or not some deep honor has been bestowed to James and John. And Jesus kind of rebukes them and honestly rebukes us. He says the Gentiles, the rest of the world, wants to lord over one another. Wants to exercise authority over and rule over one another. He says, not so with you. Not so with you. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, I'm sorry, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and his life as a ransom for many. He says the rest of the world wants to dominate and take over. And listen, we get into that mindset, right? We cling to people. Now, look. It, strength is important, especially in leadership. Decisiveness, being able to not succumb to fear, but to rely on faith, right? So we're not talking about a timid. We don't see a, a timid spirit from Jesus in terms of being afraid. But what we see is a humble service, a humility from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Right, to allow himself to go through what he went through. But when we put too much stock in the d- one person dominating over another, or I need to be the best in this room, we have a warped sense of what it means to be the best. And Jesus corrects it here. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. See, real ministry benefits others, doesn't benefit the minister. Now, I will tell you that living a life where you minister to others is is probably bar none the most rewarding life that you can live. It is a good feeling to be able to bless others. But if you're... If you're embarking and looking on a, on a journey and looking for notoriety, you're going to fall short. Now, you may get the notoriety and the admiration of others, but that's your reward. Jesus was not looking to be served. He was looking to serve. And it says here that in doing so, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That word ransom in its original context was used as what it would take to pay to free slaves, right? It, it, the root of that word is literally instead of, in the place of. 
So Jesus paid the ransom. What does that mean? Why? The wages of our sin is death, right? Death, sin ultimately leads to death. And that's why he had to die for us to, again, pay the ransom, to pay the price for the sin of you and I, to live a perfect life, but make himself less than to pay for what we did. And what we'll do, what we've done, what we did today, what we will do tomorrow. That ransom's already paid. When Jesus was on that cross, and when he said, it is finished, that word is literally uh, means to be paid for, paid in full. It's the Greek word tetelestai. That word tetelestai is paid in full. It's what they used to put on the top of contracts. His sacrifice purchased the freedom of all people. So let me ask you this as we go into this this year, right? At the time that we're recording this, it's the end of 2023, and we're just about to start 2024, but you may be listening to this many years from now. I don't know. But the, the question is the same. Who did you serve this year? Who was served by your existence here? And... Going forward, who has God put on your heart to serve? I love the words of of Mother Teresa. She put it this way. She said, never worry about numbers. And I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm not going to get it perfect. But basically, don't worry about numbers. Look to serve just one person and start with the one closest to you. Right? Right? We love to attach ourselves to global missions, and pe- but w- what about the people that are next to you in the supermarket? What about your own family? What about the people around you? What about the people that God puts you in a place of? Because the ministry of presence is real, and people just don't need your check. They need, your, they need you because God gave you specific gifts and talents and abilities and honestly graces and even the things that you have gone through in your life the things that you have overcome, the things that you are overcoming right now, the things that you will overcome this year will become part of your testimony where you are going to show others your sacrifice, your giving up of that thing, your pushing through and confronting the things in your life become the sacrifice that will ultimately purchase the freedom for others. Not because you're so good looking, but <clears throat> because sacrifice purchases freedom. And God and the whole world is waiting for you to be everything that you were called to be so that you can be his instrument that frees others. So who have you served in this past year? And you may have a long list. You may not. And that's okay. The past is in the past. But just as Jesus came here not to be served, but to serve, understand, and this is what Jesus is trying to get across to the disciples, is that greatness is not about stature here in the world. Right? What did he say? Whoever was last will be first. Right? It was contrary to everything that the world was telling them. But what Jesus is saying is that if you want to be great, be someone who impacts the lives of of others. So what will your sacrifice purchase? Whose freedom? First your own, for sure. 
but God wants you to be a light to others where you can be someone that they can look to. And I don't blame the mom for saying, hey, make my sons the greatest, right? That's kind of the role that we play. We want preference. We want favoritism. But if we're real, our whole purpose is what? To know him and to make him known. And that's not just for us. That's for our children too. So if we are servants ourselves and instilling servitude in this next generation, this world will be a better place. If we continue down the road of selfishness and it's all about self and it's all about me and it's all about I, 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 we're going to be generations of people that are depressed, that are frustrated, that are lacking identity. Because if it's all about you and all about what you have and what you want and what I want, we're going to suffer. But if it's about blessing others, then you see the gifts that God's given you can bless me and the gifts that God has given me can bless you and we can all be fulfilled together as one body. Amen? So just as Jesus didn't come here to be served, you and I are not existing to be served. Jesus came to serve. Who can we serve this year? What grace has God given you? What segment of the population has God given you the key to unlock their freedom by your example? Meditate on that as we go into this new year. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to reflect on who you want us to serve. Most likely these people are right in front of our face. It's everybody that we come across. We can serve people in a lot of ways, Lord. We can serve them with a smile. We can serve them with a kind word. But I pray in this next season that you would reveal to us the purpose that we have here. I pray that even in this study, we look at our lives a little bit differently and not to just get all of our needs, wants, and desires taken care of but to exist, to bless the world around us, to serve the world around us, to really be Christ-like in that way. And just like Jesus, you had told the disciples that there's not a single person who would sacrifice or give something up for the kingdom that wouldn't have it returned a hundredfold, Lord God. We thank you for that. Because your word says that if we seek the kingdom and all, right, all your righteousness, that everything else gets added unto our life. So help us to go into this next season, Lord God, ready to serve others because we know that you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And when we have you in our life, we will never lack. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. We're going to close out. Excuse me, Matthew chapter 20 tomorrow and head into this new year ready to serve and walk out our purpose. Amen. I love you guys. Have an awesome day.